0: Warning, this podcast may contain spoilers as well as course language. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Tamaya! Hello everyone and welcome to the R-Anime Podcast and today we're going to be talking about... An anime I may or may not have mentioned before. And that is Tamako Market and also its sequel film, Tamako Love Story. And today's episode is brought to you by our good friends and partners at Sentai Filmworks and High Dive. Sentai Filmworks has so graciously given us a couple of extra pairs of their Tamako Market Blu-rays. As well as Tamako Love Story Blu-rays. So we'll be announcing two winners for that uh we'll talk about the giveaway details in the description and at the end uh further along in the podcast and high dive uh is also helping you out and getting to watch this amazing series and movie if you use the code tap 2019 5483348 uh and that'll be down in the description and in the link and everything uh if you use that code you will get half off your first month of high dive then that's two dollars and 49 cents for the first full month and yeah and so you'd be able to watch stuff like Tomiko market Tomiko love story domestic girlfriend uh completely different shows but you know whatever you feel through and and i am steal taylor i am one of the hosts of the R enemy podcast and today we are joined by a wonderful panel of people uh this wonderful market, to talk about this wonderful show and of course we have shocking 807 how are you doing fam
2: Tama, yo, doing pretty good. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Nice. And now a fellow Tama bro and Princess Tutu, who's, uh, it's their first time on the pod. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on to the show. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, We're happy to have you here, Princess Tutu.
3: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Yes. And of course, (laughs) we have the one, the only, Under the Scope, a.k.a. Jack. How are you doing, man?
0: Doing great. Thank you so much.
1: I you actually, keep inviting
0: me onto these podcasts to talk about my favorite <laughs> animes. <laughs> I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I wouldn't have never guessed that you liked uh, anything done by uh, Yamada Naoko, especially not right? Tamako Market, Love Story. If only you had like a video uh, like uh, that had the thumbnail from Tamako Love Story. I feel like that would really <laughs> let people know that you you like this franchise. Well, and I'm surprised that you would want to talk about
0: Tomiko. I mean, is that what that <laughs> character is? Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's hard to tell because of the apple. Uh, but that that is Tomiko. That is the avatar I've been using this entire time on the R-Anime podcast for years now. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to have you guys here and really excited to be on here talking about the show, obviously, uh, as the host of the R-Anime annual Valentine's Rewatch for Tomiko Market and Tomiko Love Story. Uh, that's been going on now four years in a row. I still can't believe it. And yeah, so this episode, we wanted to kind of have it around White Day as a nice compliment mm-hmm. to Valentine's Day. And so I will open the floor up uh, maybe to any anyone in the market today on <laughs> how you first came about to Tamako Market, Tamako Love Story, and what your first impressions were as you started on this uh, dramatic market ride. How about Shaw? Since you were there with me for the uh, first rewatch.
2: I was, I didn't even, I lost track because you've had so many of them, but <laughs> I think it was like actually when we first met and then um, this was back when you had your own podcast, huge throwback to the re anime podcast. And uh, you had your first, um, you had me on at some point, And then like we had started becoming friends and I was like, Oh, I'll check out his rewatch. This sounds cool. And yeah, I joined it. And I had a really good time watching Tamako Market and then I had a great time watching Tamako Love Story. But it was really cool at the time because I hadn't really seen a lot of slice of life anime. And I don't think I had seen a lot of Kyoto animation anime either. So it was a really cool way to get into the genre and just like expand my horizons on the medium. And I had mm-hmm. such a fun time, especially in your rewatch, because you have such a passion for the show. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. like it's really cool, though, because, you, I mean, you really care about the series. And I, it's really clear that you want to, like, spread the positivity of this series, which I think is really endearing. So uh, I had a great time with it. And uh, especially Tamako Love Story is probably my favorite, like, romance-focused series in anime. Like, it's still my favorite romance, as I'd put it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of series have romance elements, but that's the my favorite one that focuses predominantly on romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have so many, like, sweet memories of Tamako. And I just, I love talking about it, even though I haven't had a good opportunity in a while. Because I have, unfortunately, missed the last three rewatches. Yeah, I missed <laughs> the last three rewatches, unfortunately.
3: I was going to say, like, I was looking back the old threads, and I saw the first one. Um, that I was involved in, so the second one, and Sha comes in and she says, just wanted to pop in to say two things. One, <laughs> you can't spoiler love. And two, <laughs> Hannah
2: is a bad bitch and is not to
3: be fucked <laughs> with. <laughs> oh <my God.
2: laughs> no, one bet- no one betrays you like your past self, you know, like reading there past you comments. <laughs> that's actually a really funny meme. You can bring that up later if you want fate, but that's like one of the funniest like anime-related 4chan memes.
1: Yes, the the green text, you can't spoil or love. Yeah, yes. that's, that's yeah. a solid one. I'm always <laughs> glad whenever someone brings it up. And Tutu, yeah, you mentioned it before, but you joined us in the second uh, iteration of the rewatch. So- yeah,
3: I was going to say, it sounds like fate's just basically dragged most of us into this. For <laughs> <That's laughs> most of our reasons. Yeah, um, yeah that, I mean, I just... I hadn't, this was actually the only R-Anime rewatch I've ever taken part in. So that's kind of like an honor. Um, I'd never taken part in any before or since. But I think I kind of knew you from the sub. And I had some other friends who were going to watch it. So I thought I'd just join in. And I think at that point, I was similar to Sha. Like I hadn't seen that much Qani stuff. Like I I think I'd seen Clanat, and that was mm-hmm. it. Um, so I was kind of curious. I thought it was not really my kind of thing and I was kind of right (laughs) but I wanted to um give it a go anyway I did love the rewatch, just to echo what I said already like um all the sort of notes you added like really added to my enjoyment and just being able to interact with people who are so passionate about the series and yeah it was it was super fun and like having to come up with stuff to say every week, like I definitely noticed a lot more details about the show than like I normally would, possibly. So I feel like I remember it really well, and like I remember lots of the details about it, which I don't know. You can't say that for every anime you watch, probably. So <laughs> <Yeah>. good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, there are some airings, especially a recent memory, where not only do I not remember them well, I kind of don't want to remember them well. Exactly. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> especially because, like, I never drop anything. So, I'm oh. always like, I'm in it for if I start it, I'm in uh-huh. it for like potentially hundreds of episodes. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, that is a commitment. Well, Tomiko Market is only 12 episodes, and then Tomiko Love Story, very it's an easy watch too because it's only a, I agree, an hour yeah. 30 runtime or so. Yeah, so there were times I used to I, have a
0: no, a no drop rule, but I quickly had to give that up once I actually <laughs> started covering seasonal anime. <laughs> totally oh,
3: understandable. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough, it's tough, it's really tough.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, so actually, Jack, so as someone who was not f-
0: coerced
4: into the <laughs> rewatch with Tomico, yeah.
1: how, did, how did you come upon uh, the market and the love story?
0: So let me just say, I think it's incredible that you guys do a Valentine's rewatch, because I also do my own Tamiko love story rewatch every year on Valentine's Aww. Day. Oh my goodness, We're around perfect. It. Yeah, so pure coincidence there. Uh so the first time I watched Tamako Market and Love Story, uh, let's see, was it three years ago? I'm bad with dates. But anyways, it was probably like three years ago or so. Um, and the only Yamada work I'd seen at that point, well, I guess the only one that was out at that point, was um Kaon and Tamako. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the first season of UFO was out by then. But so that she was series director there with Ishihara. So that was kind of, that's kind of half count. Um, and from her work on UFO! and k like, I knew that not having seen Tomiko Love Story, especially, was like a big black mark on my Yamada fan card. Um, <laughs> and so the main reason I watched Market was because I was like, all right, well, this is a TV series. I hadn't actually heard that much about Market because, mm-hmm. I don't know, the circles I'm in, I guess it's like, critically, it seemed that Love Story was everyone's darling. Um, yeah. And so I started mm-hmm. watching Market. Uh, coincidentally, the first time I watched the second episode, which is the Valentine's episode, I was on Valentine's Day by complete happenstance. (laughs) It was fate. It was. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I actually really liked Market the first time I saw it, and every time Mm -hmm. since. It gave me those K-On! vibes, for sure, um, but in a slightly different way that I'm sure we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after I finished the TV series, I went on to Tomiko Love Story, and it instantly became one of my favorite things ever. Uh, For a while there, I even considered it my number one anime of all time until Sound Euphonium replaced it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's still very much a very special film for me. One of my favorite Yamada works. Mm -hmm. I think maybe Liz is the only one that has since topped it as my favorite of hers. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it.
1: And in case anyone doesn't know... Uh, saying that it means a lot coming from Jack. Uh, because how many, how many episodes, like how many videos on your YouTube channel under the scope have you done on like Yamada and all the works and all the interrelated <laughs> things? That channel? is a good
0: question. I could not give you a number. <laughs> a lot of them. And I think if I told you like my personal favorite ones, they I would all. almost all be to Kill Anyone.
2: <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it is interesting. I think for me it was a similar way too. I had finished watching k and it was 2015 i want to say and ufo was beginning to air or i saw the preview it was like the uh strike up the band preview mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah. it's gonna be like a updated k-on but with better visuals
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
1: and so i was like oh but in the meantime while i'm waiting for that why don't I go and watch Tomoko Market and Tomoko Love Story? Because it's done by the same studio, done by the same director, same character designer. And I had heard a lot of good things about Tomoko Love Story. And I think it was, uh, it was much in the same way I think a lot of people get told about Tomoko Market, which is a lot of people are like, you know, just get through, like just endure Tomoko Market so mm. you can get to Tomoko mm-hmm. Love Story. And I kind of went in with that mentality as well. Uh, and I think, because of that, it kind of colored how I watched Tamako Market. Like, of course, uh, certain episodes really stuck out to me. Episode 4, Episode 9, uh, and the last two episodes. Like, now now every episode sticks out to me, right? But like, 4 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> 4 and 9, especially. Uh, the first Anko one. Uh, no, yeah, the first okay. Anko one. Uh, and then the one where... Uh, the second Anko one. I guess is kind of the MVP of the series, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Now. Oh. <laughs> I like it spicy already. <laughs> uh, and then going into Tomical Love Story, I loved it so much. And for me, one thing I really value in anime is the rewatchability.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And after I watched Tomical Love Story, it felt like there were so many callbacks to the original series that I think I took like an hour to, like, digest Tomiko Love Story, like, wipe the tears, because like, that ending was so beautiful. <laughs> and then I just, like, immediately went back to episode one and just rewatched it through, and I don't think, like, I think the first time I watched Tomical Market, I had it at a seven, and then after the rewatch I had it at a nine, and I was like, everyone needs to watch this show, and then I went on Reddit and started a rewatch. So, as one does. <laughs>
2: as one does. <laughs> but it's worked yeah. out pretty well, because it's kind of yeah. weird to think, but, um... I feel like, you know, Kyoto Animation has become such a staple of the anime community and has Mm -hmm. become, I'd say like a lot more mainstream among anime fans, at least. You know, we have like Violet Evergarden coming out on Netflix. Like a lot of people know about Kyoto Animation, but it's kind of weird to think about how Tamako Market is almost like the hidden gem of the studio. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of weird that it's not like more popular when, you know, everyone is like They'll be like, "Oh, I just watched K on. What should I watch next?" And like, you think it would be the next logical thing in line to watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, it's kind of weird that it's not. I, it's oh, kind of weird well, I that have... I don't see it more. You know, sorry, I've mm-hmm. never seen yeah. K on. I just feel like,
4: ooh, like, really shocking.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I, I think I watched K on after Tamako. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that one's fun yeah. too. <laughs> yes. K on oh, but... is
0: delightful. We could go into a whole other discussion <laughs> <just> about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: Gosh, one
1: I remember day. being so nervous when what? Shaw started watching K-On! I was like, "What if Shaw does like K-On! I'll, I'll have to stop being friends with Shaw."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was that was a shocking turn of events. Was...
1: Shocking.
2: No, oh. I didn't want it to be my name. I didn't want to say shocking and have it be my name. I wanted it to be the word.
1: No. <laughs> well, but... enough about your name. Let's talk about a different anime film. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Sorry, that that was just for sort the sake of transition. Let's actually go. back That to one worked out nicely. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) So what did you guys think of the market itself? Uh, Because that's one of the things I think that gets brought up most often is just the cast and the realism uh, Mm -hmm. of everyone there and how they kind of stray away. And from the typical thing in anime where everyone has like the same figure and like has crazy long legs and like a very thin waist and everyone's like 5'1 yet has the legs of like someone who's 6'3". <laughs> yeah. So how did you guys same face,
0: just with different oh, hair colors and exactly? Body.
1: Hey, hey, hey! We don't we don't throw Takeuchi under the bus for the same face syndrome. <laughs> but yeah, so what did you guys think of the market uh, aspect of Tamako Market?
0: Honestly, that's probably my favorite part of the series. Same, mm-hmm. same. Yeah, it, that like the sense of of community that it crafts around the people in the market and Tamako especially. Um, it's also something that I think sets it apart apart from on in a way because Kon is more about like uh, a circle of friends and like the bonds that grow between them specifically mm-hmm. um, whereas atomicmico market is just this like overall uh, family feeling uh, that you get from being in this environment it's such a it's such a warm series. I think that's probably like the yeah. number one word I would use to describe it. It's just warm. <laughs> it makes yeah, me happy watching it.
3: <laughs> and it makes sense since like in the first episode, we learned that like her mother's died and whatnot. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like the market's kind of like her surrogate sort of family. And I think like you were mm-hmm. saying, this definitely feels like a kind of family vibe. And like Fate was saying, um, it does feel like a really diverse cast as well, which I think like adds to it as well. I really love um, Ono D's character, the um, flower shop lady. She's like such a cool character. um, And I just love having like um, little like just interesting characters like that, like dotted around, I think really adds to, like you were saying, like a sort of natural environment and whatnot.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I think it's kind of cool because when you think about the setting, it's almost evenly split between the market and I think the high school, but it's mostly focused on the market. And that's definitely, you know, the main point of the TV series. And I think it is really cool to see the sense of community and how they all come together. I think it's also like a really cool selling point because in general, I think Tamako's appeal is probably more of, um, you know, it's besides the market aspect, I think just the interactions between characters would be more along the lines of, it might not be revolutionary, but it executes things really well. But I think for the setting of having like a really cool marketplace and having different kinds of shops that they all frequent and that and seeing how they all interact with each other, I think it brings a nice, unique aspect to the series.
3: I love how it's based on a real place as well. I think that's really cool. Yeah. You can definitely yeah. tell like, it feels really lived in and yeah. it comes across really well.
2: Speaking of that, Fate has actually been there. He has. It's really? He has. So cool. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So
1: yeah, jealous. I've I've actually been to Dimachi <laughs> Anagi, uh which is the name of the shopping district, twice.
3: What? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's
1: uh, you I, never do yeah. things
2: by halves when it comes to Tamako Market. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, 4 I rewatches, don't. two two market <laughs> visits. You know.
1: Oh my gosh! And like, I will I will say this: the mochi that they have there mm. is so good. Oh my goodness! Like I can't even begin to describe how delicious (laughs) the mochi is. Uh, So uh, it's not directly. So it's not the same place where the shop is in the series. It's actually around the corner, and the Uh, line to (laughs) the line to go get mochi at the shop is so long that it wraps around several times and it has like its designated police officer who's like this retired old guy i think it's been the same time i've been and he just like makes sure everyone's in line and like says their order immediately because they make it like they hand make it like he should have been in the show
2: where is he in the show yeah come on
1: oh uh, if only if only we need our tama bros uh in in the show in this tama show
2: Oh God! Oh my gosh! Please. I do like the Tama Bros. Gotta not gonna lie about that. Love Thank the Tama Bros. Both you. the guys in the show and the pun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the guys in the show.
0: I would That's die for mochi's at oh no. my gosh, I god oh my god
2: oh mochizo. my god I, we'll love get onto the- yeah, <laughs> I love mochizo so much oh my god i wasn't sure when we when do we get to the mochizo section yeah, I- yeah. i've been
4: waiting
2: so okay I love you- him.
1: we talked about the market let's get i do want to say though i i do love the representation that they have of like all sorts of people especially
3: mm-hmm. uh as what about Mochizo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And uh, the fact that we do have uh, trans representation mm-hmm. uh, with Hana, uh in the flower shop Hannah, because oh. she's been voiced by a male voice actor in every dub. Uh, oh, which oh makes, cool!
3: I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. So, That's which interesting.
1: makes and with dub choices like that, that usually comes straight from the studio itself. Yeah. So I I, I imagine that was really important for them and it's not something that they ever address they're never like oh like sit down and be like man like let's talk about the flower lady's gender because like that's not a thing that you would do in like a realistic setting
2: mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah. Um. nor is it ever
0: something they would they joke about or anything like that yeah it's just right. like you see far too like, often in anime yeah. Yeah. right yeah. 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 yeah like one piece would do yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah they,
1: they just like take it on the chin and like a couple of characters are like oh my gosh she's so pretty uh,
2: yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she is. She is. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, which is great. But speaking of people who are gorgeous, so Mochizo. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Mochizo. He's so what stylish. A good boy. Oh my god. <laughs> the, the way Mochizo like blushes and then just covers his entire face gives me life. Oh my god. That's so that's just the cutest thing ever. And he <laughs> and he blushes over everything too. Like yeah. I remember what, like Tamako made him a cake on his birthday and he thought that she forgot him and he's just like the happiest person of all time and can't contain it. And then I'm the happiest person of all time. <laughs>
0: And the fact that that's how Love Story ends, too, after Tommaso's oh, ingestion. His... But, like, oh, my God, that's the sweetest thing.
2: <laughs> and so his cute.
1: ears are blushing, too. Like, yeah. his entire <laughs> face goes red. Oh, my gosh. And it's so crazy, too, because, like, the way he dresses and he's got the the stud as well. The the earrings, and he, like, he wears, like,
3: a necklace. It's so cool. I feel <sighs> like he's, like, exactly how, like, a Japanese teenager would dress. Mm-hmm. And I really love that.
4: Mm-hmm. I always yes. love
3: outfits in
2: Kiwani shows. They like, just like they go all out. Or... Yeah. Oh my gosh. And his scarf. It's so cute. I'm looking yes, at pictures of him. It's so cute. Oh, he's I... adorable. And it and it fits in the show so well. Cause mm-hmm. Tamako is also adorable. So I gotta give credit where credit is due. Yes. Tamako is adorable as well. They're adorable together. I'm so happy. I feel so many butterflies thinking about them. I, oh. I love and, them.
1: It's so great too, because like Mochizo's character design, like I feel like he could have been, like, like you could almost see him as, like, the bad boy kind of thing. He almost um, looks edgy.
2: Almost, right? Yeah, but, almost. like, because perfect
1: he's so cute and, contradiction, like so yeah. soft.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, because, you know, people with, like, like guys who wear earrings aren't necessarily, like, huge edgelords, you know? Sometimes mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. stylish. So right, it's, right. like, a nice, it's a nice contrast where it's, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yep. he looks like he could have that rock style to him. But, no, he's just a giant marshmallow.
3: Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I don't like the Kiwani boys that look, like, too soft and, like, too feminine, like Makoto from Free. I'm oh, lit my lit. God.
2: Why Ooh. do you call me out like this? <laughs> no, I can't go hard on this. You but know we'd come to this at some point. <laughs> I was just tweeting about this. And I had to I knew get my, my Makoto happen.
3: heat in somehow.
2: I, we it had no, to happen. Doing, the Free pod will happen, and there's just going <laughs> to be right. a lot of yelling. But <laughs> after Season 3, it, it'll be fun. But I, under, um, I okay. understand. But, yeah, cute Mochi. Yeah, no. I spoke to my
3: friend, like who's a huge pa- fan of the show before mm. I did this and I was like, mm-hmm. What is it you really love about it? And she said, I just love seeing like a cute boy really in love. And I was like, Do you um, know what? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know and what? I can get behind that. That's cool." Yeah. And it's kind of nice that he's the one that's like kind of pining after her and she's the dense one. Like mm-hmm. the girl's the dense one and seems kind of a little bit of a change, which is mm-hmm. kind yeah. of nice as well. If you like that kind of thing. I don't, mm. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's, like, a cute dynamic.
1: It almost gives, like, shoujo manga vibes uh, in yeah. that sense where, like, the girl is a little bit of the dense one. But yeah. also, like, usually in shoujo manga, the guy is, like, a lot cooler. He's, like, the silent type. Um, true, true. Yeah. But, like, is just, like, an adorable little puppy pining out. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah,
0: I think it runs into, like, problematic territory when, like, you have the dense girl and the guy and there's this, like, power dynamic or, like, mm-hmm. power gap between them. But you don't get that's that sense so from true. Kamiko and Mochi whatsoever. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's right. It's very yeah. pure. <laughs> very wholesome, very pure, very Mochi. Very yeah. <laughs> very adorable. Very yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because I found that, like, I do like a lot of romance and anime, but I think, like you guys have been saying, there's a lot of times when it just gets very oof. You know, in mm-hmm. any oof. ways you can interpret yeah. oof, you guys, you all know. Mm-hmm. But this is so cool because it does a good job of being, like, I feel like it's grounded but also adorable. You know, where mm-hmm. it's like, I was just thinking, I guess, I guess just jumping right into it with like Tamako love story, like the way the confession and everything that happens afterwards pans out, it felt very authentic and natural. And, you, you know, I still get the like squealing butterflies over how cute it is without getting any of the like cringe over the potential drama that can happen afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. the like, will she, won't they. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even when, like, serious situations happen, like, I think it was Tamako's grandfather Mm -hmm. ends up in the hospital, you know? So, like, you know, naturally, you know, they drop all of the awkwardness for something as serious as that, which I think is something really authentic for neighbors who've been best friends for, like, 18 years. Mm -hmm. So they do a great job of, like, paying attention to the important stuff and the way that people would actually act in that situation while Mm -hmm. still being, like, a really cute work of fiction.
0: Mm -hmm. It's very Um, organic.
2: Yeah, exactly like
1: i feel like a lot of anime you like the misunderstandings that happen between couple oh and- yes
2: <laughs> oh yes
1: here like there's no misunderstanding it's like tamako has like no idea what her feelings are and so is just like waiting uh and like the scene where he's on the hill and he just like screams into the air and he's just like so frustrated with everything that's happened <laughs> like i was like man like i remember being that guy in high school and just like all those emotions like and didn't feel melodramatic it felt like real dramatic if that's a word
2: yeah yeah <laughs> real exactly. <dramatic>. it felt
1: <laughs>
0: adolescent is what it
1: felt mm, mm. tell me Jack is adolescence something that Yamada Naoko focuses on in <gasps> at all? I
0: had no idea <laughs> <laughs> with Tomiko' love story in particular too like mm-hmm. probably more so than any of her works like mm-hmm. she has said that like adolescence was the theme Going mm-hmm. into the work like that is the, the word that stuck in her head the entire time through mm-hmm. was how to depict adolescence. Uh, and ultimately, I think Tomica Love Story is probably like mm-hmm. the quintessential teen romance mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And not in the sense that like maybe... Westerners might think when you think of like a teams, mm-hmm. like, cause you might yeah, not like a, a, a Disney number. channel. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was just watching easy a before this podcast. I think that's kind of like, I love that movie, by the way, this is like, that's not I love that movie, but that's kind of got that like teen romance feel vibe. And then they mentioned all like the eighties movies that like, you know, 16 mm-hmm. candles and stuff. And I think of that a lot of times with like teen romance, but that does have a lot more of the angst and stuff. And we don't really have a lot of angst in this, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it's really nice to see and like it's so beautiful to see like Tamako come to the realization of her feelings. Like initially we get that gorgeous watercolor scene uh, as yeah. she's running uh, after Mochizo confesses to her. She falls into the river because you know, the 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 only thing I would do if Mochizo confessed to me was speak in like a really old style of Japanese and then immediately sprint to the market.
0: <laughs> Which With by the way young, uh Tamako sprinting animation there is so it's, great. It's
1: so good. The way she, it's like the, the camera keeps cutting like little by little and she yeah. just like slowly move and then her legs start like running while her arms are still to the side. Uh and in case you were wondering, uh like man, like I wonder how much she ran that bridge is like right next to the market,
2: it's so like, market like two and, feet. and then it
1: goes to the bridge <laughs>
2: that, <laughs> like wasn't like, that wasn't some long distance sprint that was just like yeah we just went like two feet but it felt like <laughs> two miles
1: and, it, and it's crazy too because like going there in real life i don't know if it was because i had seen tamako love story and like tamako market beforehand but i was like man this place really is gorgeous and like kind of the ordinariness of it all. Because, like, there are a lot of bridges in Japan, and there are a lot of rivers, and there's a lot of stepping stones. Maybe there are some with turtles as well. But I think that's kind of the point of Tamako's love story as well. There's, like, this really something beautiful in the, like, simplicity and the ordinariness of their relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's just, like, I love that shot of Tamako uh, and Jack. You you have to contain herself. Uh, When it's her in glasses and her hair is down. Uh, oh as like God. she's
4: <laughs> and she's like looking, look. <laughs> and so she's cute. L-
1: when she's looking out into the rain and she's got the uh she's got the like I think it's like a spatula or something in her hand and she's like letting the thing burn on the stove as she's thinking about <laughs> Mochizo's confession.
0: Literally that like two second shot sends me into cardiac arrest every time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was
0: That's just talking move. about this on Twitter today, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm looking up the picture too. This is mm-hmm. too cute. It's so Tamako cute. with glasses. Like you know, everyone adds glasses in fan art, but Tamako rocks it in the show. Love
1: also. It. Tamako wears contacts, and I feel like you never see people really wear contacts in anime unless it's like color contacts for like yeah. a romance mm-hmm. subplot. But <laughs> I don't
0: like, relate a lot wear contacts <laughs> anymore. But
2: we we're not even mentioning the cutest part about how they have the um the cup phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, my gosh. we forget about the cup phones? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That is the cutest thing ever. They're, like, literally 18, and they're still throwing cup phones across <laughs> the street, and they're still <laughs> talking to them. Like, they have cell phones, and they choose not to use them to talk through the cup phones because they are too cute. And then, of course, they, get, they use that at the end with the mm-hmm. dozo. Oh, my God. I'm still freaking out. This is so cute. So-
4: <laughs> my, my favorite
1: part is every year people will be, like, this doesn't really seem realistic to do. And like mm. by episode four, I want to say, Uncle calls them out on it. She's like, You yeah. guys, you can just use your phones. You don't need to use this. And so is like, No, but it, it connects more than our voices. It connects our hearts. Oh my does God.
2: Did he think <laughs> that or say that?
1: I think he says that to Anko.
2: Anko is like 12 going on 50. She's like, I'm tired of your kids. <laughs> I love that. I'm not dealing with this. I love that. Oh,
1: man. I, and speaking of Mochizo, I love, like, let's talk about his dynamics with characters other than Tamako for a sec. Like, I love his dynamic with Anko, because uh, uh, Mochizo is an only child, and yet he really does seem like an older brother to Anko, mm-hmm. and they have, like, mm-hmm. really great moments with just the two of them as he, like, walks her to school, or, like, as she joins him, and, like, they just have a really solid dynamic that I really love watching.
0: Yeah. Now, his relationship with uh, Midori is particularly. Mm. Oh, I was me. waiting. For that's that. what
2: I was thinking <laughs> too. <laughs> I, <Yeah>. was <laughs> I was like, waiting. That's, two. that's <laughs> some yes. spice. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah, that's some spice. I mean, I was thinking of um, Midori for a bit because I was thinking about the cast and like my favorite among the cast. And uh, yeah. like, Kana is like obviously, you know, the best girl. The ever. Guy, the, Number one. <laughs> okay. Kana, like a gift to us from above. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then, is a
0: literal uh, angel
2: yeah bitch, actually, you know you look up, yeah, oh my God, why do I say that? oh my,
4: God. I, <laughs> I
1: love the uh Entomical love story where she's like running across the gymnasium floor yeah,
0: that is the cutest thing human hands have ever made.
2: how do they draw anything after that once they've achieved the perfection, like they've peaked as a human being after drawing that, how do you even come up with that 'cause like
1: like who who thinks like, hey, guys. So today, Kana is no, going. But- we're gonna be drawing the scene where Kana goes to the uh, the Batang club, <clears throat> but she's just not gonna walk there. No, 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 no. She's gonna slide. No, on her but socks. like
3: gym floors are slippy if you're just they wearing are. tights, man. So mm, it's pretty yeah. realistic,
0: you mm. know. But then, like, even after that moment, then she steps up onto like the stage or whatever, and she's, like, dizzy. <laughs> she's like too high with her fear of heights.
2: <laughs> oh, I she- love it.
0: It's vertigo. Oh
2: my god! <laughs> she's just not gonna she's, like
0: Right. No, 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 no. I
1: was just going to say, not going to lie, when Kobayashi uh, Dragon Maid came out, I was real nervous. I was like, Kyoani's making a, k- a show with a Kana in their cast. You no. know, like she's she's got big shoes to fill. And then that Kana was super adorable too. So, like, you
0: know, I Petition <laughs> to get Kyoani to make more Kanas.
2: Yo, when do we get the Kana anime? Like, let's just get an entire show full of the Kanas. Kana love
1: story. M- and yeah. it's just Kana and right angles. but tutu you you were saying
3: oh i was just gonna say like i feel like other than nichijou like other than the girls from that i feel like hannah's like my favorite Huani girl Mm -hmm. like she's my favorite i just love like that kind of deadpan humor and whatnot Mm -hmm. Um, she's like my favorite type of character that they do probably so she's like cute in her own way i love
0: she is I can think of one other Annie character that whose name starts with a K that I'd probably.
3: I, even, up there. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Eh? How
0: <laughs>
1: warm does her name sound, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Quite.
4: <laughs>
1: oh man, but yeah, it, and like she she serves a really great dynamic in the characters as uh, amongst their friend group as well because like. Yeah. Yeah. Mutaries in her own headspace. She's got a lot to deal with. And like, yeah. Tamako literally only thinks about Mochi.
3: Like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> and Kana's like, kind of sees everything that's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really love the thing she does where she like does the, like she uh, closes one eye and like looks at, like does the framing thing, yeah. which I'm assuming yes, like carpenters uh, do and stuff. And she like feels when a scene feels off. And like she, mm-hmm. she said, she says things she always says the right thing to like mm-hmm. defuse a situation or to like make sure everything's okay uh like i just love that about her the the uh even like some of the quote-unquote weaker episodes like the haunted uh haunted one oh, uh, yeah. haunted house one where mm-hmm. they're like oh shoot there's like all these terrible things going on there's like a bloody businessman and like a f- spirit and like <laughs> kind of was like no, I planned it all out. I was like, oh, let's do this to drum up interest. Like, this girl this girl knows what's up. And then she's, like, okay. gives advice to Tamako on how uh, to tell Mochizo that she likes him. And she's like, oh, like, fall down, get bumped by him, fall through the floor, <laughs> and then say, build me a house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, Kano. Yeah, Kano probably has, like... Like you said, she's really perceptive and great at mm-hmm. reading people's feelings. Uh, mm-hmm. probably more so than anyone else in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she has one of my like favorite moments. Maybe, maybe my number one favorite moment in Market, where like, um, I forget which episode it's in, but she's with uh, Midori and like she, she can like see her feelings for Tamako and tells her that like you know tells her the thing about everybody loves somebody. It's just it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I love that theme, mm-hmm. um, and the way it shows up throughout the series. And mm-hmm. Kana is just precious.
1: <laughs> yes. Protect Kana. Kana can protect herself, to be honest. She's very good. With sure. her. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: build a house on someone. She's good.
1: <laughs> she will drop a house on you. Yes. <laughs> but yes, that is episode two, and that is uh, one of the themes of the show that gets repeated. Everybody loves somebody. And Kana also gives her spin, which is that anybody can love anybody, which I think is a really empowering message to send, and one mm-hmm. that I did not expect going into Tamako Market blind. Uh, so let's talk a little about, about that Anybody Who Loves Anybody in Midori uh, to round out the main trio of girls. Uh, we'll get to Shiori in a little bit. But with Midori, she to me is what makes this show and this franchise so unique. And it like she elevates the whole series because she gives mm-hmm. it a different yet authentic element. To it all uh, with her feelings for Tamako.
2: Yeah, I, I would want agree. Her to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I want her to be happy, but like within reason of like my happiness for <laughs> what I want from <laughs> the series. But I still want her to be happy. I'm-
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got to be because you want Tamako mochizo though. So, like, exactly. like exactly. it's very conflicting for me. <laughs>
2: I want everyone to be happy, but you know, like within within the confines of. <laughs> what i want <laughs> <laughs> very selfish because i'm not in tamako market unfortunately oh, yeah so i think bad. she's really interesting because mm-hmm. i think she's like you know they never come out and outright say that she has feelings for tamako you know like they don't there's no confession scene for her but uh we can just tell from the context and the framing of her perception and you know the way she goes about handling diff- different situations but it really does make it interesting because it's kind of um I think you were saying this when we were ta- when we were talking about Hannah in the market, you know, they don't really kind of like outright come out and say things. They just kind of accept them as like this. It is what it is. And this is just kind of like a natural part of life, which I think adds to the um, organic authenticity of the series.
0: Yeah, I love how it normalizes her feelings.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it doesn't and it doesn't other her either. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it treats her feelings for Tomiko with the exact same respect that it treats Mochizo's feelings for yeah. her yeah. while still recognizing that like Tomiko is both off in her own world uh, <laughs> and then ultimately in, in love story um, returns those feelings for Mochizo. Um, I think one of my favorite mo- moments in the film and series uh, is when anytime Midori like, calls mochizo out on his bullshit yeah. <laughs> basically and, and she's like man up, and you know tell her how you feel, or like she recognizes that um like she can see ta- she can see more into Tamako than he can in some ways yeah, uh, definitely. and like isn't afraid to push him in that direction, um knowing full well that it means sacrificing her her own feelings a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and i just i think that I think that's really strong of her.
1: Yeah, there's that great line that they have when they're bickering back and forth about how much they like Tamako or, uh, or like how much they know about Tamako. And, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, was like, Oh, like, uh, I've been there basically since we were born. And Miro is like, Yeah, well, did you know she used to wear like giant glasses when she was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's really, uh, it's really interesting to watch. And I think to me, it was really impactful because, uh, even up to that point, while I had seen, like i guess compared to like casual anime fans a fair amount of anime it was the first time i had really seen any any sense of lgb representation that was not so poorly handled like in one piece <laughs> in one piece it's uh oh boy oof that's a that's an oof but with tamako market and literally like that episode two there's that one moment where uh tamako goes to like uh like says there's something in Midori's hair, and like she reaches her hand in, and like it's a super close up, and like there's so much tension in that shot, and like you can almost hear Midori's heart like bursting out of her chest, and so like without ever saying like hey, by the way, guys, Midori's pretty gay, and like Like, like, no one says that, no one, no one is like oh, like they they just know, and like you could just tell, and uh, it's really really lovely to see and in some senses it's like Jack you were saying uh, that they respect both of their loves and I think it's like sometimes like you can see that they both love her so much and Mm -hmm. to some extent you might like the fact that Muturi. like how painful do you think it must have been for Muturi to go to the school to find Tamako to give her that white lie to like run after Mochizo knowing that mm. that that's the that's the moment she'll never have Tamako like yeah I can't even imagine and yet she does it she does it because that's how she knows Tamako will be happy
0: exactly mm. she puts Tamako's it's not it's not that she's putting Mochizo's feelings over her own she's putting Tamako's feelings over yeah. her, over her mm. own
2: yeah exactly it must it- really suck oh sorry go ahead no you go <laughs> I just can say it must suck to know that like you know, we know Mochizo is like our resident marshmallow, but like, you know, like he confessed his feelings. But I think, you know, Mitori is just so much more. I think she's so much more honest about herself and was honest with herself sooner. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's probably just like so frustrated with these two guys who are just so, <laughs> so shy and not forthcoming about their feelings that she's like, if I was in your position, mm-hmm. like I would have taken so many more opportunities than you guys did, which I think mm-hmm. is like. A little bit of bittersweetness that adds to everything of like the missed opportunities and you know the feel and the feelings that won't be reciprocated for her which is really sad
3: mm-hmm. yeah i think for me like midori was one of definitely the more interesting characters in the cast because i feel she was the one that had the most kind of noticeable flaws about her character mm-hmm. um any he- and even though like the kind of the whole series Um, is about love and like being really wholesome about um, you know loving one another and those kinds of things I mean love was also the reason like why she made some like bad decisions or um, did you know maybe the wrong thing because of like being like jealous or selfish Mm -hmm. or whatever was like came from you know the love in the first place and I just thought like that made her so much more relatable I felt Mm -hmm. as a character like I'm was never really, like, die-hard shipper of, like, the main two because they are just totally, like, cinnamon buns and they're, like, <laughs> perfect and wholesome and, like, you know, they're great for each other, I guess. But I never, like, really felt the feels for them mm-hmm. because they were just, like, cute little munchkins and, like, you know, I didn't... That was nice, but I didn't feel anything more. Um, whereas with Mid- Midori, um, yeah, I just felt like her character arc was, like, it was like more emotional just because of those reasons like because you could kind of see like oh no you know because you didn't want her to come in between these two people that should be together but at the same time you could understand her mm-hmm. and yeah I just loved all those aspects and it like really added like a kind of another side to the whole theme of love that they had going mm-hmm. like in the rest of the marketplace even though of course like in the end and um, because she loves her so much she does put her feelings first like you were saying and um, but I just kind of like the journey that she went on to get there I thought it was good
2: yeah she adds more spice because if like Mm -hmm. we're talking like mochi's mochi flavors like (laughs) you know the main two are like a bit more vanilla but like midori brings that like spiciness to it that makes it a bit more tasty
1: there yeah because she's a flawed character she's a deeply flawed character uh there's that moment where uh after she like sees mochi like they have that whole thing where uh it's like a montage of them trying to get Tamako to confess her feelings to Mochizo, but they keep failing. And then they go into Tamako's house, and she runs into Mochizo, and she's like, I-, I didn't think you'd actually do this. And then she goes in, and she pretends to choke on Mochi, while like not <laughs> a couple days before, Tamako's grandpa had to be rushed to the hospital because he choked on Mochi. Oh, like, God. what the fuck, Mochi? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> what a dick move to do. Holy shit. But yeah. she just wants some of that attention.
3: Yeah, it's you can kind of feel for her in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, so
1: yeah, I, I love that, and it was, yeah, it, and it's not just the interactions between Tamako and Mochizo. I think it's actually the interactions between everyone else that, especially, makes Tamako's love story so good. I think someone on this podcast, Sha, <coughs> really likes a conversation in the hospital oh. between. Tamako's dad and Mochiso? <gasps> yeah. The
3: best character in the whole series.
2: Oh my god, okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The mm-hmm. Loki, the mm-hmm. little... is so great.
2: <laughs> you yes. so, much. so I'm best glad dad. that everyone loves this scene too. It's not, yes. Okay, so this was cool because Tamako's dad is like the low-key... Like, I feel like a lot of shows have the low-key MVP where, like, there's, like, the underappreciated character who's not that obviously, you know, amazing or interesting. He's the high-key MVP. Oh, yeah. Look <laughs> at the high-key MVP. His um, episode was vast and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I loved his episode. I think that's episode, on. Nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. episode nine. Yeah, so yeah. That was the beginning of, like, my affinity of, like, having strong feelings for the show was, like, oh, seeing yeah. his musical episode where um they show the clip of, uh, it was like back when he was a teenager and he was trying to confess to Tamako's mom. And then like, he writes a song for her and it's like the best song. It's, it's so cute. Oh, it's the best song in and the world. The it in <laughs> it's such story. a good song. Yeah. That song oh. is actually my favorite ending in like any anime movie. Same, same. Um, as you can see from fate's avatar. That's like from that. Ending <laughs> yeah, scene. Yep. And yeah. So I love that song and just like how much it means for the series of just, you know, like confessing and being in love and being super cute. But um, <laughs> so seeing that the first time was, like, really great because it was really, like, that was another bittersweet but really touching episode of, like, how empty it is without Tamako's mom. And you get to see her being happy with Tamako's dad. And it's, like, you mm-hmm. know, it's really cute, but it is sad that, like, they don't get to mm-hmm. see her. And you hear the, um, the little mentions that Anko makes about, like, how she forgets what her mom looks like and how, you know, she wasn't really a part of her life. So she can't appreciate her the same way that everyone else can. And then uh, what, I think what makes Tamako Love Story, the movie, such a standout for me is the scene in the hospital after Tamako's grandpa gets rushed to the hospital and it's fine. But uh, another big subplot of the movie, besides the adorable confession that I keep fangirling over, is the, uh, the conflict that Mochizo has between if he wants to go away to school to pursue a career in film or if he wants to stay at home and be part of the market family that he's been a part of for so long. And that's been such a close knit part of his life. And uh, Tamako's dad has a conversation with him and I'll always forget. I'll always remember the quote, actually um, it says, you know, <laughs> wow. go what uh, he's essentially says like, you need go like accomplish your dreams, but don't forget to come back home. And I think that's Definitely. such a mm-hmm. great message for the whole series of like, you shouldn't be afraid to go, you know, try and like accomplish your dreams, but always remember where you came from. Always remember your home. Always remember like the community that you are a part of. And I think Mm -hmm. that's always stuck with me as something that brings Tamako love story to another level. You know, it's not just a cute teenage Mm -hmm. romance, but it's a really heartfelt story about growing up. But we're of
3: age in there as well.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly.
0: Yeah. A huge theme of it is this like idea of facing forward and like Mm -hmm. taking a, taking that first step into mm-hmm. an uncertain future but like while still hanging on to everything that got you to that point mm-hmm. um, I think it's really interesting too the way that Mochizo's decision in Tamako Love Story uh, echoes Tamako's decision at the mm-hmm. end of Market where mm-hmm. like Tamako is faced with you know she can go with the prince and whatnot, not um, but she chooses to stay home uh, whereas Mochizo like wants to go and pursue uh, his dream in Tokyo mm-hmm. um, but like still doesn't lose sight of his place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like the way, especially the way that Tamako's confession too, like keeps him there. Um, mm-hmm. I love the way that that is handled in the, at the end of the film.
1: Yeah. Definitely, I, I love the parallels to that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really get Mamadai talking to Tamako about the decision. He basically, uh, Tamako's decision uh, to stay, he basically just says like, whatever you'll do, like I'll support you. Uh, and he just says that, but like with the, Mochizo who isn't even his own kid. And like mm. repeatedly so, like Mochizo right. will call him like Otosa and he's like, Don't call me yeah. that yeah. You're yeah. you're not the kid. Yeah. But like
3: He's such it, a sindari I love it. <laughs> <he> dad. Is. <laughs> <He's
1: such> a, <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he's so adorable. But then like he's such a great dad. And like I'm like he, he he does treat Mojizo like his kid in that moment. Like come back to home, like there are people who love you, there are gonna be people who miss you. Um uh, yeah. And like, while respecting his choice as an adult, as growing up, and like Mamadai, like so many moments are great. Uh, there's that moment where uh, Tamako is like kind of feverish because Ta- Mochizo's confessed to her, and she's like at a loss, and she, so she starts like she wakes up early, starts to work, and Mamadai like doesn't even make eye contact with her, and he's like, "You can rest if you want. We can handle it. Uh, rest up." And she's like, "No, no, no, I'll work." And he's like, "No, it's okay. I know you've had to work a lot since your mom." And then it just like trails off. And throughout the series, you just like, he never makes it explicit. He's never like, man, I miss my wife a lot. Right. Uh Yeah. Especially episode nine. Um, the, the only episode where instead of, uh, having Tamako read the, the episode title, uh, which is always cute and adorable with episode nine, uh, we have that opening scene that I've called How to Tell a Love Story in 77 Seconds.
0: Uh, that <laughs> um, scene is so brilliant. It's
1: such a brilliant scene of Tamako's mom and dad meeting for the first, uh, not for the first time, I'm assuming, but like th- when Mama Dai like confesses to her because she like says she loved their Mama Dai <laughs> Fukumochi yeah. and the misinterpretation <laughs> in- uh, interpretation there. And they just seem like, such a wholesome kid and so in love. And then it flash forwards and like he's old, he's got a receding hairline, and he sees someone walking down that same street with the parasol and like the similar haircut, and he starts singing that song. Uh, that Tamako has just been trying to find out for the last mm. eight episodes, and like he starts singing it as the title card goes over, and I just love that scene so much.
4: Oh okay.
1: it's yeah, no, like Mohammed Mohamedai is such a good, such a good dad, and it's and it's nice that uh I I'm glad they had the right idea in mind when they casted him as well, because his voice actor—he's <gasps> oh, yeah, like one Ujewana. of my
3: favorites. He's mm. like I put him in my favorites after watching this because I just loved oh, him right. so much, and I love his singing voice as well. It's just amazing.
1: The acoustic when he like starts, I'm so sad they don't have like an acoustic version because like when he breaks oh, out yeah. the guitar and like starts mm. singing it in episode nine, and like that's when Tamako like walks by, like that's such a. Gorgeous voice, and he's like the epitome of a dad in anime because he's voiced uh the dad in Crayon Shinchan. Yeah. He's voiced Mae Hughes in Full Metal Alchemist yeah. Brotherhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Who yep. is the, the most notable dad in that show? Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah.
2: He's like uh, he's like low-key the Tom Hanks of anime voices. <gasps> That's so true. I, I like that. I agree. Like, I was trying to think of like comparisons for various voice mm-hmm. actors, and he came to mind as he like he just plays like the most likable guy ever. Mm-hmm. That's what I like Leorio as well. Yeah, Leorio is my favorite <laughs> dad. My favorite dad, of course.
3: Same, same.
1: And like the roles are so different too, but they're all like yeah. great father figures. Like in Attack on Titan as well, he's Hans. Yes, it's true. And like Mochizo's dad, oh, sorry, not Mochizo's dad, uh, Tamako's dad, uh, Mamadai, like can't drink to save his life. He has a super low dollar yeah.
4: rent, <laughs>
1: But <laughs> Han is just like this drunk dude who's like constantly <laughs> wasted around while he's like on guard fighting the Titans. Yeah. Uh, and yet they still evoke the same, like like even in just his voice, you get the sense of like security.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's so warm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like really amazing what he's able to convey. Such a mm-hmm. great voice actor. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he does a great job with this role. Because I mean, we're comparing him to like, you know, it's not like easy to be Maze Hughes but you know, that's like a very dramatic role, whereas this yeah. one is a lot more subdued. So mm-hmm. it really shows his range and versatility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like honestly. Uh
0: huh. Go go ahead, ahead, go
1: ahead. No, 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 you.
0: Uh, I was going to say that I love the way how um, Mamadai and Tamako's mom's love story echoes uh, Tamako and Mochizo's in Tamako's love story. Um, Mm -hmm. And like the uh, back and forth between those two. I mean, for one, you have the fact that you get Mamadai's rendition of Koino Uta as the opening of the film, and then Tamako's voice actress does it for the ending.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, Ah. That's
0: perfect. Um but then also like there's that scene in love story where um Tomiko's listening to the tape recording of mm-hmm. uh Mameda's koina no uta and then it keeps going and you get um her mom's uh, like twinkle twinkle little star afterwards Aww. uh Aww. and like that moment where like she sees like her response to him because koina no uta is essentially his Mamadai's confession and like when she hears her mom's response it's like that sparks something in her uh Aww. to know how she won't, like to make her honest with her own feelings towards Mochizo. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it's a gorgeous scene. And uh we mentioned the 80s teen uh like teen romance films, but like the fact that like, they have a cassette player and then like it going to the other side, like that's such an 80s like it's very much a nostalgic, innocent kind of Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah. if it's specifically home. said at least I can't remember if this was an interview about love story or market, but she specifically said they had like this focus on getting these like analog props in there between the telephone, mm-hmm. like the cassette player. Like they, they really wanted this like uh tangible feel to some of the stuff,
1: the record player as well,
0: the record uh, player too. Yeah. yeah. I, fun fact about the, uh,
1: uh, Tamako's mom. She's voiced by Yoko Hikasa, who also voices Mio and mm-hmm. Kaon. Yeah. So, like, I can't even imagine how mu- how hard it must have been for her to like sing poorly.
2: <laughs> Wait, no,
1: right? I don't like the
2: implications of this. No.
1: Oh, that Mio. Oh, that Mio is Tamako's mom,
2: and then she dies. any
1: cinematic universe here.
2: Oh my god. dies. No. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? I mean, I mean, thank you for sharing, but why? Why did you do that?
1: i still like i i keep saying this and i'll say this until i die like the anime that would wreck me the most would be tamako before story just like a love story focusing on her mom and her dad and like bringing it up until her mother is passing and i like that would be like destroy me (laughs)
2: yeah i'm not i'm not not down i can't hang
1: (sighs) (laughs) it it is also nice too speaking of her mom that like I think we've said this, like, a ton, right? But it bears repeating that they don't over-dramatize her death.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's one of the things that really stands out to me. Like, compared to other QAnI shows, I usually find them, like, too melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Where like, And it's over, like, the smallest things sometimes, like high mm-hmm. school things, which is understandable because when you're in high school, it's, like, a big deal at the time. But um, this has, like, really... Some really heavy subject matter with, like, you know, um, her mom, like, h- having died and everything. And, like, they never it never feels like you're getting hit over the head with it, like, too strongly. It just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad and you definitely, like, I feel like they touch upon it enough for her to mm-hmm. definitely feel, like, missed um, mm-hmm. and for her to feel the impact of that and, like, how it's affected um, the family and, like, the market and whatnot and to have all those cute parallels between the couples. But I never feel like I'm getting, like, hit with the feels, like, every episode <laughs> yeah. and it's just, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. wear you out. Like, it still manages to have, like, the it still feels lighthearted like overall that's still the vibe of the show which is like its biggest strength probably
0: mm-hmm. and by the time that we jump into the story too you know time yeah. has passed since that's then. true yeah um so it's like you know we're not seeing the grieving process we're seeing that uh like they've already s- sort of come to terms with it mm-hmm. um but it still lends like it still lends it weight right like mm-hmm. i think that scene yeah. um that we were talking about earlier where like mom kind of trails off when he mentions mm-hmm. uh Tomiko's mom um like you can tell that there still is that residual pain there um mm-hmm. but I also love the way that they that Tomiko kind of like feels like uh not a replacement for but like she's sort of taken on the role of her mom not just within their own family but the market as a whole
4: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like
0: that like ta- you get the feeling from flashbacks and stuff that Tomiko's mom was kind of the heart uh, of the, some of this place when she mm-hmm. got there and that yeah. Tomiko has now kind of filled that role herself mm-hmm.
1: And Anko, too. Like, Anko's, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. with her episode where we see uh, in the flashback uh, to start, we have Anko as even younger than she is. And her mom, at that point, we don't ever see the mom's face uh, in that opening scene, uh, like, dressing Anko up and, like, uh, wiping her tears and letting her know that she's a princess and, like, cheering oh. her up. Anko Hime. Hime. Anko <laughs> <laughs> So cute. And
3: then
1: Anko does that for one of the younger girls in the market. And you, and you just see... Uh, Karu, uh, the flower lady in the background, like have this kind of like wistful, nostalgic, melancholic smile as she sees like Anko almost too quickly have to be that mother figure, but also like a sense of pride in the fact that Anko has been able to do this.
4: Yeah, so it's cute. it's really
1: great. It's re- it's really cute, and then that like. I, I, like we we haven't even mentioned like Yamada's affinity for leg shots.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of goes without saying. This That's true. Some things speak for themselves.
1: <laughs> some things speak for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of my favorites uh, of hers is the one in episode twelve, I believe, where Tamako comes back from school to see the market completely empty. And she like starts sprinting to her house and she's worried that someone's died because that's what the market was like when her mom passed. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. and but everything's fine. Uh they were just in a meeting and she's like, Oh, it's fine, and like the camera pans down to her legs, and then like it flashes back to like a like kind of a grainy black and white almost filter of like young Tomotko's feet, and like you just know that was when the funeral happened, like metery
0: understanding
1: uh mm-hmm. the implication yeah. of that. And it's just just, like, super powerful stuff in, like, split-second scenes. Um, that All of that don't... stuff is shown and not mm-hmm. said. Too. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that gives it much more impact.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, now and, Kuyama's good at what she does. So yeah.
4: what?
1: <laughs> I, I still can't believe, because she had to be, what, like 26, 27 when she directed this
3: uh, That's movie? crazy to think of it. Yeah. Especially like that, as huh? I turn
1: 25 and about yeah. to turn 26. I'm like,
2: <laughs> exactly. when do we yeah, get to make I that? I <laughs> <worry?">
1: <laughs> When When will I have my Tamakot love story moment where it's like, <laughs> ah, yes. I'm going to have, you know, one of the, co- like, leading heads of the like industry and uh i forget his name but he was the one who wrote up the blurb for tamako love story at the japan art uh media arts festival and uh he had worked on like astro boy and like the gundams and (laughs) like he had had yeah with uh uh what's oh my oh osamu uh tezuka okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) and he was like oh like this film Represents the pinnacle of modern Japan animation. Right.
2: <laughs> nice. <Agreed. That's>, yeah. <laughs> when will we reach this peak?
1: I don't, when I will need- I
2: become the standard of Japanese animation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and like. Can you just I can't even imagine what it must have felt like for Yamada to like mm-hmm. hear that praise. Uh yeah, especially because this was a risk, right? Because they could have done K season three, but it's mm-hmm. a completely original property. And I think that is one of the reasons why it gets so overlooked, because there's no other source material. So there's not like there's not like a whole line of merchandise or figures or uh just like fan following around it, really. Okay. Uh and like Kyokai no Kanata and it would also like thank you to High Dive for honestly for streaming this because mm-hmm. it was not like licensing hell for a while because it was like oh. on Hulu and like Hulu went under and so for like I think one of the years for the rewatch there was literally no
0: legal way of watching. Mm-hmm. That series. was the year
3: that I was doing it because I just noticed this in the comments.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The first year that I watched it, the first Crazy. time I watched Love Story, there was no legal way to watch it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't yeah. think there was for market either. for that matter. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And like the
1: the Blu-rays weren't even available. And so it's so it was really tough. And like uh even the anime that came right after it, like yeah. Chuniko, uh, Kokai no Kanata, they all had uh like they were all on Crunchyroll, and then Hyoko was like that real uh like cult classic kind of QA yeah. anime. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. oh you can't watch this legally yet, but it's the best thing you can't you like you can't watch legally, so you should watch it. Uh-huh. No, so there was had... a
0: time when tamako mark or tamako hyoka and nichijo which came out in successive mm-hmm. years were all like unlicensed and had no uh western uh blu-ray release or anything uh and i remember a couple years ago they all got one at like mm-hmm. almost the same time it was incredible
1: right yeah <laughs> automation picked up both hyoka and nichijo and yep. then sentai picked up tamako market and i remember seeing like the news that like Tomoko market was getting a blu-ray and getting like pink by like 12 different people
4: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and i immediately went on to like write stuff and i was like please send this to me as soon as it Aww. comes out i need it uh because yeah. even because i was like i was so desperate to like support the property that i even bought like the japanese blu-ray for love story and they didn't have the limited edition uh available still so i just have like the standard edition Tomoko love story blu-ray <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's really wonderful to watch. And it is really interesting to see Tamako's love story um, now that I've seen Liz and the Bluebird.
4: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think we've all seen Liz and the Bluebird here. So yes. mm-hmm. uh, how has watching Liz and the Bluebird kind of made you think back? Because to me, there are a lot of parallels with how Midori was handled. And of course, how uh, Nozomi and Mizore, um, how their feelings are handled. And it's a lot more explicit and in the same sense where like K on the movie and Koyanomiko are, are very strong films in my opinion especially Koyanomiko uh but like Liz and Tamako love story feel like very he, uh, they they feel very creator like director focused and so mm-hmm. has watching one affected how you think of the other for you guys
0: I think part of the reason that you say that and i agree too is Mm -hmm. that unlike um koe no katachi or the k-on movie to an extent uh liz and tamako are both like really simple stories at their Mm -hmm. core right Mm -hmm. like tamako love story when you distill it down it's it's exactly that (laughs) it's just a love story (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like that gives yamada so much room to really fill in uh these specific emotions of her characters. Um and she's able to portray them in such such human ways that I think any anybody watching can relate to and can feel deeply. Um I think that's where she excels best at too uh is with with tales like this. Um and that's part of the reason why Liz and Tomiko Love Story are my two favorite Yamada works. Ooh. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah uh, I think for me I'm mm-hmm. not I'm admittedly not as invested in um Yamada as a creator as uh Fate and Jack are so you know I mean not
1: I, many people are to be honest. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not unfortunately,
2: not in the 1% but I can respect the 1% of <laughs> of that level of dedication. Um to me I can definitely see a connection between the two but f- I kind of view them both in their as you know separate works that have you know separate strengths and weaknesses separate Yeah to the same Yeah, I can Mm -hmm. see, I could see another scenario in which um, maybe Mochizo is out of the picture. And maybe if Midori ever confessed to Tamako, I could see that ending up in a similar way to Liz and the Bluebird. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I see they could have different elements. And this is like, maybe if we took this in this other direction. Mm -hmm. But I do think a lot of the dynamics between um, Nozomi and, why do I always forget? Mizuri. I think (laughs) their dynamic is so much more different than mm-hmm. Tamako and Midori's that mm-hmm. I view mm-hmm. them as like yeah, totally. very different relationships and very different mm-hmm. dynamics and pretty different series.
0: Yeah. I've, I don't think I've, I'll go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. I
3: mean, I feel the same as you. I think Sha cause like it's tough cause I feel so differently about them. Like, cause I really love Liz so mm-hmm. much more than Tamako. Mm-hmm. And so like, i feel i guess for me like the subject matters a lot to do with it so i'm just i really like the kind of musical backdrop as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but i think in terms of the relationships i just feel like for whatever reason like i'm much more connected to the girls and liz Mm -hmm. um because for me like it they felt definitely like um both the protagonists and i feel like i knew just as much about one as i did about the other and like i've felt connected to both of them in different ways Um, and I felt like they both had like a lot of depth to them and a lot of development whereas Mm. I just feel like I don't feel the same way about the two cutes in Tamako. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Especially with Mark I just feel like it's so much just about this um, character Tamako who's like the most purest girl to ever like walk the earth and like everyone around her is like in love with her mm-hmm. and just for me like that's never going to be like a story that i connect with mm-hmm. in the same way as like the girls in liz so but it's tough and um, so i mm-hmm. do feel i have different feelings about them for sure mm-hmm. but then again like like you guys i'm not um looking potentially like picking up on some of the intricacies with the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having like not been like such a follow of her stuff. So, you know, I'm sure like you've got like other connections to draw, which is also good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, comparing the two. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how we didn't mention too, that there also happen to be franchise films that are sequels True. to yeah. like, not enormous properties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. enormously popular anyway. I mean, uh, and plus it's interesting how both films also change the aesthetic of the series that they're ah,
4: that's true.
1: a
0: sequel to mm-hmm. yeah. Liz obviously far, yeah. far more drastically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think it works. And I think both mm-hmm. films ultimately benefit from that change in aesthetic. Tamako mm-hmm. is much more subtle, but, mm-hmm. um, you get like the designs feel less cutesy and less marshmallowy, and a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. A little sharper, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, And I know that's something that Yamada has said that um, she and the character designer Yukiko Horiguchi said Mm -hmm. uh, that they wanted to emphasize when making this film is that um, they wanted to. Maybe mature isn't the right word, but they Mm -hmm. in in getting getting at that adolescent feel like they felt like the designs needed to um, have that polish to them. I um, think they
1: even mentioned mm-hmm. that they got rid of, like, Tamako's, like, super bushy, like, cute eyebrows. They were like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, this is a serious work. She can't have, like, this super cute eyebrows. Like, that was one of the things they worked on. Her hair um, kind of flattens out a little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's more detailed. It feels like the character designs seem, like, harsher. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but, like, they, they seem, like, softer and, and more pastel mm-hmm. in Tamako Mark, but in yeah, Tamako Lost, yeah. it's, like, even... I. Like even when they're like out in the sun and like bright, it's like a harsher light than mm-hmm. like, Tomiko
0: Love Story has way more contrast in its colors. Mm-hmm. Yes, than this, than Market does for sure. That's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, and it's to to me, I was actually really nervous. Uh, after, so I I just been a wreck of nerves. Uh, leading up to Liz, I was really nervous that like you know, like Kono and Tomiko Love Story were so good. Like, who the heck has like like if you have like three movies, really good movies in a row, like you're in rare company.
4: Yeah, it's uh, crazy. So, yeah. I was,
1: so I was I was re- really nervous about that, but then after I watched this I was like, "Man, what if I go on the rewatch and I'm like, man, like you could definitely tell a topical love story was made by someone who was uh, a lot more inexperienced and like start picking mm-hmm. up thoughts I was like, really worried something like that might happen. But no, it it it, it still lived up to everything for me. Um and it, it would sp- it's just been a really fun to watch for me every year. Uh and and Jack, uh, as someone who also watches it uh, every Valentine's Day, how, how have you felt you, like, have your feelings for Tamako Love Story changed uh, since the first time you watched it, or...?
0: Mm-hmm. they? Yeah, they really haven't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I, I've said in the past, too, and I especially said this when, you know, when I thought of Tamako Love Story as my favorite anime, um, that it kind of represents everything I come to the medium for. Mm-hmm. Um I love its style. I love its aesthetic. Uh, its direction is some of the best I've seen. Um, and even now, like, like you said, I can go back to Tom. You can rewatch Tom and Go Love Story, and you can see how much Yamada has grown as a director mm-hmm. since then in watching Liz. Um, particularly, I think uh, her, exper- with, like, her experimentation has really mm-hmm. um, shined in, more, in her more recent stuff. Um, yeah. But you can still kind of see the roots of that here uh and i think ultimately the film works both as a companion to the series and on its own two feet
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so
1: yeah it's uh it's really lovely it's it's so like it, it's so much fun for me uh even when i'm busy to do the rewatch because then i can just sit down and just like watch a comfy show for like 20-25 minutes mm-hmm. yeah get, like lost back into the world and all the people in the real life market are so friendly and kind <laughs> uh there's like posters and like t-shirts with tamako market and tamako love story still like when i went this past year so that would have been five years since tamako market aired mm-hmm. uh like they still had everything uh they have like the giant fish in the middle of the uh, Yeah, oh yeah God, the that's tree. like the
3: most eye-catching thing that i always remember <laughs> and like the bunting that. the bunting and the fish yes <laughs> yeah.
1: They have that they have uh they, there's like one shop that has like uh midori tamako uh kana and shiori uh in like a small sign like above uh where they are like there and if you go to all the way to the end and you're like if there's a fisher like a fish market dude uh who if he sees you like taking pictures of the place he'll ask you if you like tamako market and Tomoko like oh, he will ask if you oh, like Tamako, awesome. and if you say yes he'll like take your picture for you and he'll go take oh, you, like a little guide and like he'll show you like Aya Suzuki who is the voice actress for Tomoko like he'll show you uh like this whole book they have of when she came to visit the market and like <laughs> uh a log book where you can write messages to the creators of Tomoko Market and Tomoko love story which apparently they come to and uh read every once in a while
3: oh that's the okay. best that's so, so it, cute <laughs>
1: It is really sweet to see uh, how much that has meant to them, uh, and they yeah. still have like hanging in like the rafters uh, posters for Tomoko Market and Tomiko Love Story.
4: Wow!
1: So it is. It's nice uh, to see, mm-hmm. and it and I think it really does go back to the heart of what Kyoto animation stands for, and that it is based uh-huh. in Kyoto instead of Tokyo, and wanting to capture that because Kyoto, even though it is a major type. Technically a major city, it feels so rural and so still trapped in its own. Like not trapped, still living in its own time. Uh so yeah, it, it's really nice to see that the Tomiko Market and Tomiko Love Story captured the real life market, and the real life market uh, continues to show its love to the two of them as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun, and I think for me, Tomiko Love Story because uh, and Tomiko Market uh, because it was the first time. I, like, really instant rewatched a show. It was one of the first times I really started, like, paying attention to, like, director stuff and yeah. notes here and there and just storytelling quirks. And a large part of that has to do with, and I, like, it would not be a proper episode if I did not give a shout-out to Ultimate Mega X. Uh, who you yeah. can find <laughs> on Twitter, uh, who has so kindly uh, translated the director's notes uh, for each episode. Oh, yeah. And those can only be found in the R Anime podcast, uh, R Anime rewatch. Every year, uh, we have a link to them uh, where he posted them there. Wow,
3: an exclusive!
1: And an exclusive, yeah, right. <laughs> exclusive
0: translations found
1: only on R Anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I
3: definitely
0: it. have. I definitely have Megx to thank for, like, a lot of my Yamada fandom because mm-hmm. all of the translations and stuff that he's done over the years is just incredible, and it's it was a big inspiration for um, why. I wanted to learn more about her in the first place. Otherwise mm-hmm. I might never have even known. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, w- it was
1: because he had so many of her interviews translated at mm-hmm. a time where I think there weren't many interviews translated by like anyone really. I think like the only major thing that I remember that was like by a director who wasn't from Ghibli that was directed Uh that was translated was Satoshi Kon's like last letter. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Which is which is great and fantastic, uh, and really wonderful. But I was like, there was such a dearth of information about other directors that I was like, man, it's it's really great that we were able to get uh something with this,
0: and to do it completely out of passion for Yamada and mm-hmm. her work to yeah. take all that yeah. time and effort. Magax mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is. Awesome! Yes.
1: So, very thankful for that. Very thankful for Tomiko. Um, have you guys felt that? Like, what? So, actually, let's let's go with this. What was your favorite part of Tomiko that we haven't talked about so far? Um, just to because there's so much right that we can dive into. But uh, Tutu,
3: how about you? <gasps> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've not talked about like. The one thing that, like, I really don't like.
1: Oh, no, we haven't. We <laughs> haven't <addressed laughs> the elephant in the room. I, oh, feel, the like
4: bird I bird feel like we in the
3: room. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is. Um, I just don't really like the subplot with like the Islanders and Dara. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole kind of sort of magic, supernatural sort of elements, because I feel like because what we talked about before, which is how much we love like the market itself and the kind of setting that that is mm-hmm. and the atmosphere that has, I feel like when suddenly they sort of it felt like they forced in this kind of plot that was just out of this world and for me like that kind of detracted a little bit from like the really down-to-earth kind of mm-hmm. atmosphere that had already mm-hmm. been created and then I was just kind of like I don't know I just like didn't care for that and it was like just not something that I felt added really anything to the rest mm-hmm. of the show at all like mm-hmm. um, because it didn't do anything like particular um, for the characters or for like the story it just kind of felt like they were trying to add a little bit more interest and it wasn't really interesting I guess yeah. and like I feel this way for most of um, like souls that um, kind of start off quite down to earth and then they add like a supernatural element in because like shadows knows there's like I hate this in Aria as well yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah whereas like stuff like for example like maybe Natsume Yujinto or whatnot where mm-hmm. like the supernatural element is so like embedded in like the whole identity of the series right from the beginning yeah. and it's so like closely linked in and with the main characters like main plot line and i just didn't just wasn't feeling it for mm-hmm. for Tamical market at all really wait yeah i know that elements. i know that
0: data is like he mm-hmm. for a lot of people like he's the one thing that breaks the show Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like yeah. they just can't get into it because of him, which is mm-hmm. a shame because <laughs> everything else is so good. I know. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I I do not like Dada either, and I don't mm-hmm. really find any of uh, it's kind of a one trick pony to me. Like all the yeah. jokes feel the same, mm-hmm. and none of them really land, in my opinion. Uh, but it does. Like I don't dislike him to the point where it gets in the way of my enjoyment of everything else about the series. But I also understand if he does for you, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Fate mentioned earlier about how a lot of people are like, "Yeah, you just have to get through Market to get to Love Story." I think you really just have to get through Dara to get to Love Story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be a bit more, yeah, like to be more specific on it. Um, I think he's—I d- actually don't mind him as much as most people. I do agree that he doesn't really bring a lot to the show, mm-hmm. like. in in general but he didn't really bother me too much and looking back on it like I think there's a lot of screenshots of just like Tamika walking with like Dara on her head and I just find that ridiculously (laughs) funny to see just like him chilling on her head as if that's like a normal thing Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't feel too strongly about him but I do understand the complaints and I do think um I'm I'm glad he's not in love story because I'm glad (laughs) they could focus away from that subplot that was resolved at the end of market
0: Mm mm-hmm I think he would have broken Love Story if he was in it. Ooh. Like that story needed him out of it. Yeah,
2: he he had to go. Even him at the beginning was a bit pushing it, but then once he like completely <laughs> was away, I'm like, okay, we're fine.
0: Well, because part of Love Story too was about Tomiko like letting go of some of that um, childishness and like being yeah. honest with her feelings, and for for him to be there, it just totally wouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah.
1: For me, it's really, I think I might have Stockholm Syndrome at this point because I've rewatched it so many times.
3: <laughs> I get or, that. I totally understand. Because <laughs>
1: I've seen it so many times. Like, could I watch this so many times if I didn't begin to kind of little bit like Dara? I don't know. I probably would have gone insane. Maybe I have gone insane. And that's why you keep doing
3: this. I think what um, saves him slightly is like, mm-hmm. I don't like him himself, but I kind of like the other characters reactions to them. Mm-hmm, him could exactly. be quite good. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they treat him like, especially Anko, who's, you know, fabulous. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. She's just like, I hate this bird. It's <laughs> such a pain. And I'm just
2: like, I feel you. I, feel, I like you that know. because
0: Anko is basically a self-insert.
3: Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> like when the characters act like I act, I can get behind annoying things. Exactly, I like so it. I can
3: totally understand someone just, you know, vibing my, with it.
1: My favorite Anko self-insert sense. moment is when uh, they're talking about uh, how like Mochizo will help at the shop uh, so that mm-hmm. Anko can go to the museum. And like, goes like, huh? I wonder why he would do that. And, like, the grandpa's <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe he just really wants to work with Mochi. And the dad's like, I bet he's trying to steal our family secrets. And each time, uncle's like, are you guys high?
2: Like- <laughs> are you kidding? Like, Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> I love it. Like,
1: like, really? And it's funny, because, like, the bird and the and the elementary school kid are the most... Because, like, Dara isn't, like, always mature, but he's, like, the most... Mature thinking at times, and like, yeah, I
3: think he's kind of meant to have that wise old mm-hmm. bird vibe. I don't know, <laughs> he's, he's aware, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh,
1: because like he he helps Shiori um when she has uh problems with her anxiety, which was also a fantastic episode. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I we haven't talked about Shiori, we haven't, and like <sighs> her, like how she manages to work with her anxiety and how like realistically like Tamako deals with it. Like, it's not like Tamako's like always sure like oh this is fine like she's like really put off by it and like sad by it and like apologizes if she's done anything wrong um but instead of like Dara saying it on Shiori's behalf he's like no you have to be the one to say it to her yeah uh yeah. and like him being as i said before the only person who asks Tomago what she really wants when she has the possibility of being whisked away to the Southern Islands uh Dara like Always like seems to pop, and with Miori and Mochizo when they're like bickering at the beach, he's like, "You guys are fighting, but really, I'm just getting the the same scent from you guys. You both, you guys, meaning like basically that they're you know both of them do love Tamako, and that is at the heart of the issue. Uh, which is why, as you said, Jack, like if he was there in Love Story, it wouldn't make sense because like the whole point is that Tamako can't have an outside influence
3: mm-hmm.
1: help her with this decision. It's something that she needs to come to on her own.
3: Yeah, I do like that. Mm
1: -hmm. But yeah, so I did really like how in Tomical Love's story he wasn't there, though. I will say that. (laughs)
5: At the risk of being a little rude by interjecting to a podcast that I wasn't a part of, I want to offer a different perspective on Dara and the Islanders, because while I don't particularly like the character of Dara myself, even if the things that happen to him are kind of funny, to be honest, I think he's actually pretty necessary for the themes of Tamako Market, because he's a talking bird with supernatural abilities, and he comes crashing into the market, but... Everyone just kind of accepts that. They all just live with it and no one ever questions it. He blends into the market seamlessly and everyone goes about their day-to-day lives, which matters a lot when the prince comes along and tries to take Tamako away, where she can live an amazing, lavish lifestyle of luxury and never have anything to worry about and have all the things she could ever want. Well, all she wants to do is make some freaking mochi. And that's the theme of the anime. Having a quiet, modest, and humble lifestyle and making the best of it. Even when some crazy, wild things happen. And that's why there's such a focus on the setting. That's why it's called Tamako Market. Right? Right? D- did I get that right? Well, just throwing that out there. I'll leave now. doot well, actually, I'm not leaving because I'm editing this, but you get what I mean. What did you, what did you think about the uh, like
0: Pixar-style short film with him?
1: <laughs> I I I understood what they were going for, and I think uh, Yamada, in an interview, did say that like growing up with like Disney and Pixar movies, uh, she had always seen like them having the Pixar short in front, so she wanted to do that for one of her films as well.
2: Oh, that's cute. That's cute i said yeah, so i don't even know. like the pixar ones that much though so i was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, feel like that's I was like yo yeah i mean it's cute but i'm like yo no dara please i don't need that
1: don't go dara
2: don't go full dara
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man where you tomo go i won't I'll follow
2: no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're never safe we're never <sighs>
1: Yeah, so when I do my Tomiko Love Story rewatches, sometimes I don't watch the short at the beginning.
2: Okay, cool. It's not just me. I thought you guys were going to be like, wow, why are you so disrespectful to Disney and Yamada and shorts? Like they put so much work into it. And I was going to be like, feel so bad. But then everyone's like, yeah, fuck that.
0: <laughs> well, the Blu-ray too. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that the Blu-ray doesn't automatically play it beforehand. It doesn't. Nice. So nice. That, it, it's, it's included as an extra. That's um, cool. Oh.
2: I respect and, that. So now time for everyone them. to buy, buy the Blu-ray because you, you get the best version
1: of it. <laughs> I will also say, uh, uh, Tutu, you mentioned this, that cool. there's like the supernatural magical element to it. Uh, Apparently yeah. That was going to be even like in stronger, more full force mm-hmm. oh my goodness. in the early drafts of the show. And then they toned it back, but they kind of mm-hmm. liked the idea of it. So they kept, that's why there's a, there's a lot of it in the OP. With, like, the hat and the baton. Yes. And
3: like the oh, okay. That's that cute, sense. though. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, speaking of, uh, I really like the music for the show. Like, yeah. not just the O-P-E-D, yes. of course, but, like, mm-hmm. the soundtrack just makes you, it just feels very lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: well, it reflect, Yeah, it reflects the show in that way perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. It gives yeah. off that exact same, like, warm vibe and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect music to listen to when you're, like, trying to get work done on your yeah. career, like, yeah. studying or anything like that.
1: I was going through Kalyani's LSTs, and I was like, I can't do Koei because it's, like, too emotional. I can't do Liz because, like, nothing happens too for emo- so long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, too emotional for each of them. I can't do this one, too emotional. Like. <laughs> I'm just going to cry, Liz. Uh,
1: yeah. It, it, but, like, Tamako just feels, like, very very kind. And I love, uh like, the main thing was like da-da da 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 it's very like a very chipper poppy one. But then Tomiko Love Story also has like the beautiful piano pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh like when uh they have the what what's it called? Like the the fast forward scene uh after Tomiko and Mochizo like Tom uh Mochizo's confessed and like they're sitting next to each other in class. And they have like that Oh yeah, really the time lapse. Yeah, the time-lapse. Yeah. There we go. They have that really gorgeous <laughs> piano track, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of fun. It's and, it's really nice.
3: And the cute eye catch, Tamako Marquito. Oh, yes. oh my
2: gosh, that's so cute. That was my favorite.
3: Yes, yeah, it's
1: so good. Oh man, that I was, was so thinking much. of
3: that. Like every time we talk about it, it's like that's how I
2: see it in my uh, head. Tamako Marquito. It's so yeah. cute.
0: Ah. I feel. I- I feel like it's really easy for Tamako's music to get overlooked too when you mm. compare it to Yamada's other stuff in mm. K-On, to <laughs> yeah. to Ushio films, and then even UFO if you want to throw that in there. Well, yeah, it's definitely when uh, they have
2: the like the music focus show, and now we got the Mochi focus show. Yeah,
0: exactly. But you
2: know, but I mean, I mean it fits the show perfectly, so like mm-hmm. you
3: can't ask for more. I feel.
1: Yeah. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I also I like the ED is so nice too, and I also love uh, how Yamada like had a bit of a callback to it in violet evergarden uh mm-hmm. in the episode she yeah. directed i think episode five where it's like yep. violet oh, walking did through
0: she? I flowers. Didn't notice that
3: at all yeah so, yeah like, the
0: shot of tamika walking like between flowers uh oh. and there's one of violet too that's totally a call oh
3: that's awesome um, I, well, I did not even notice. it's
2: <laughs> very cool
0: <laughs> i noticed that one instantly because tamika right. market's ending is like one of my five favorite endings ever
2: yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that's awesome amazing high so praise much.
0: Yamada's endings are all so good. Oh, the ridiculously the, good. The
1: ending. UFO ending. Uh, I actually like UFO's two ending more than UFO one. Too, and I know UFO yeah, two okay. is Haruka Fujita. I do Fushita too. Yeah. Fujita kills it.
0: Yeah, Fujita's yep. so
1: good. The Fujita purple just looks really, really nice.
0: Yeah, th- yeah. that's definitely one thing I think Fujita has learned from Yamada because the Violet Evergarden ending is also spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite Yamada ending though is on season two's second ending no of course you. oh no thank you you can't
2: top no oh, thank no you. thank you no
1: thank you no thank you
0: yes yeah. although K- the K on movies ending singing is really underrated yeah
1: yeah
2: I will stick though with the um, Tomiko love story ending being my favorite mm. um ending it's and I think fantastic. it's in my top 10 endings like I think that's my favorite movie ending and like among my favorites that one is just that is peak for me they do have a lot oh, of really good ones yes yeah. <laughs>
1: I love the guitar at the beginning, uh, just shredding it, and just like, and then yeah. the drums building up, and then it has the <laughs> it has the riff, the solo, yeah. it's like, and like it cuts right as like Mochizo is doing his patented
0: blush into his hand.
4: Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. The, the
0: way like, that Doki Doki. that is cut together, like the editing of that scene <laughs> with the music and everything, is so perfect. With like the cuts to black and then mm-hmm. to their yep. reactions uh, with the guitar build up. Man, oh, so good,
1: yeah. so so good. It's so much. Oh my gosh! It's just so much fun. <laughs> oh, and Yamada Naoko also wrote the words for Koi no Uta. Uh,
2: oh, well. wow. Oh, that's so lovely. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Amazing. She's OP. I can't keep up, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can she do? My God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know how Not she. all understand... wear capes. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
1: I don't understand also how she. Because like, Tamako love story was entirely storyboarded by her. And I don't oh. even know. I can't even imagine how much work that is.
4: <sighs> yeah well it's
1: you know we were comparing busy. some
0: of our films earlier it's interesting that mm-hmm. uh Tamako love story and liz are both under 90 minutes where a silent voice and the k movie are both two hour films mm-hmm. um and i feel like i feel like that is part of the reason that i like love story and liz so much as much as i love a silent voice especially especially right. it's in like my mm-hmm. top 10
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course
0: <laughs> but <laughs> but those two in particular like i just feel like they're paced so well, like we get exactly the amount of story that we need. Um, yeah, I think it's really the that's really the length and format that Yamada excels at. Mm-hmm. Um, and both were completely storyboarded by her too. So
1: I didn't know Liz was entirely storyboarded by her. I'm pretty sure about that. Maybe oh, you have. To I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I, yeah, I mean, you because... might, someone might have to fact check me on that one. <laughs> I uh when I bought the
1: Listen to the Bluebird Blu-ray from KyoAni, it came with the storyboards, uh the original storyboards and it's just very gorgeous. Uh for some of the scenes, it came with the script and some of the storyboards. Uh, and I know Yamada, it had like some of the ones done by Yamada. And it's it's very interesting to see how expressive even the storyboards are uh for her. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. And yeah, it's you know, uh Tomoko Market, Tomoko Love Story, both to me, I don't know if you guys can tell, but some of my favorites, uh, I, I'd say, you know, maybe my top 20 anime. <laughs> uh,
0: just, maybe, to, maybe... just to go back just a second, I did look it up and Yamada did storyboard Liz herself. Nice. Oh, man. Nice. Okay. <laughs>
1: That's interesting. And then Ishihara to help storyboard Kaon, I think.
0: Uh, K-On! And... was split three ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were four acts, and Yama, I can't remember which two Yamada did. I want to say it was the A and D parts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I think uh, B and C were each done by someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ishihara did one, and mm-hmm. then, what was the third? Was it Was it Takemoto? I can't remember. 100% on that.
1: And then, uh, same thing with Koei, which, I, if I remember correctly, she wanted to storyboard ta- uh, all of Koei, but just, mm-hmm. like, it's
0: it just was not feasible. Much. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. It's 40 yeah. minutes longer than Love Story, or uh, yeah. Liz, oh yeah.
1: yeah, so but yeah it's uh it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun to talk about it. In fact, I could talk about this for years, he <laughs> probably I planned can. to actually
2: oh <laughs> <my God. laughs>
1: but uh, I think for today, the market has to come to a close, uh but thank you guys so much for coming on to the podcast uh tutu and Jack especially uh thank you for coming on. We really appreciated uh that you joined us, and especially Jack. Uh, for you, if people want to hear more of your thoughts or uh, follow any content that you do, be it uh, KyoAni-related or otherwise, where Mm -hmm. can they follow you?
0: (laughs) They can find me at my YouTube channel, Under the Scope, where I make video essays and anime analysis a lot of the time on KyoAni stuff, yes, and Yamada in particular, so if you want more thoughts there. Um, Otherwise, you can also follow me on Twitter at JackUTS, where my name is Kumiko's Euphonium.
1: (laughs) I I missed the days when it was Kumiko's Eulphonium because that was a top tier. I was
0: proud of that one. (laughs) I'll be honest. I was unreasonably happy.
1: Gotta get into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, I I just have one more question for you. So, what is under the scope? Are are you the scope? Are you under the scope? Are you under in the scope?
0: So the reason for that name is really dumb. It's because uh, I was a science major and. (gasps) There. <laughs> that's it. Cool. It is, it is I supposed it was... to refer to a literal microscope. Yeah, my degree I mean... is in biochemistry. So.
2: Oh, nice. No way. I thought it was, it was like that. you looking under the scope of. Shows. Same. I assumed like, that too. That, well, like... yeah.
0: Like it's that. Uh, that's yeah. kind of like what it's supposed to mean. But then there's also Make like fit. that little bit of like personal background in
3: there. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's fun cool trivia in. we got now. <laughs> nice fun
0: yes. facts. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive facts to the yes. oh,
1: my God. <laughs> <laughs> the <got> exclusive. <laughs> And Tutu, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs>
4: the origin story,
1: the unreleased origin stories of Jack Uts <laughs> into the uh, into the Jack Uts verse. Yeah. Let's <laughs> turn back from the top one last time. And uh, Tutu, if people uh, want to reach out to you uh, and talk with you more about, you know, how great Makoto is um, yeah. free.
2: <laughs> you can find her at my twitter you can direct all of them love it, at my twitter thank you exactly
0: Tama. whoa <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs>
2: i love that future oh. does have good taste in free boys though we will Do hopefully I? be able to t- discuss this in a future date yeah yes. i have m- many things to say about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. And just a little bit of uh, housekeeping out of the way uh, to the people who were part of the Valentine's Day Rewatch. Thank you so much for everyone who participated. I uh, I made sure to put everyone's entries. So what I did was every time someone uh, had commented in an episode thread. Uh, sorry, for every episode thread they commented in, they got one point, And then I signed uh, like each of their names a number and then... Just had like, oh, it was like over 100, 200 something (laughs) entries. uh, And then put it in, randomly uh, did it. And Barnacle Man uh, is the winner of our Sentai uh, Tamako Market and Tamako Love Story Blu-rays. Wow. We we have two more. (laughs) Oh. We have two more pairs to give away thanks to our friends at Sentai Filmworks. So, this is
3: so hype. <laughs> I know
1: it's so much fun. It's, uh, it's really, we are really thankful that they were able to give them to us. It's, uh, I can vouch for them because I, I have them <laughs> myself. Uh, but yeah, it so all you have to do is follow the R Anime podcast on Twitter at Tokyopodfathers, retweet the link that this is in, and just give a comment below about. Uh, whatever you feel about Tamako, Tamako Market, Tamako Love Story, Sentai, or I guess anime in general, uh, whatever floats your boat. Uh, And we will randomly choose two winners from that giveaway as well. So keep posted on that. And thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, on Simplecast, uh, pretty much wherever uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, there we are also. Uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah. And until next time, Just remember, everybody loves somebody. Thank you so much, and see ya!